Hello and welcome to the Beautiful Business Podcast. Beautiful Business is a community for leaders who believe there's a better way of doing business. We believe beautiful businesses are led with purpose by people who care, guided by a clear strategy and soulfully grown. Hi folks, welcome to this week's episode of the Beautiful Business Podcast. My name is Ewan Sang, part of the Beautiful Business team. And I was lucky enough to be joined by John Gilbert from Esky Media in this episode. John Gilbert is the founder and managing director of Esky, a media agency specializing in working with the NHS, police, charities, and purposeful businesses to create social good through campaigns and filmmaking. By combining behavioral sciences and co-production methods with young people, he and his team have produced several national and international award-winning films and campaigns on subjects including mental health, organised crime, sexual exploitation, cancer prevention and domestic abuse. This was a fantastic interview. John's a fantastic guy and there's some amazing advice that he shared throughout this chat. So I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. So let's talk about the making a documentary about your social impact. The context of this is obviously where you have organizations who, whether it be aligned to the product or service that they do, that they create social impact, or if it is that they create social impact outside of their core kind of business. Give us a rundown on some of the impact documentaries you have done so we can get a sense of the work that you and the team have undertaken. Yeah, so essentially just first if I define what we're talking about, we call it social impact filmmaking, which basically means showing the positive difference that you make through stories. And so it's not an advert for your products and services, as you say. I guess our first big step into this was stemmed from a conversation that I had with a head of a solicitor's firm who works on medical negligence cases or ambulance cases, as it used to be called. They do a lot of good work, but they had a reputation that comes with part of being within that sector. But speaking to the the founder of that around the team and the cases that they were working on, it was just abundantly clear to me just how many wonderful stories that of real difference that they made to people that, that they had. And one particular documentary that we made was called um, Two Decades, and it was about the sub-postmasters scandal. Now, for those who don't know, there was the Horizon software system that was implemented across the post office led to the wrong conviction of several sub-postmasters who were accused, convicted, sometimes fined, sometimes imprisoned falsely for effective funds because there was a software error. It was awful, um, right? Yeah. yeah. Imagine, imagine going still, through that. It's still rumbling on now. I mean, mm. people refer to it as, the, in terms of quantity, the largest miscarriage of justice that we've seen in the UK in a long time. You'll see that it's still going through the courts at the moment. Now, our client within this, being the firm of solicitors, was passionate about making sure that these victims had a voice. So the approach that we took for two decades told the story of some of the postmasters who were uh, kind enough and brave enough to come forward and talk about their experience and take us through that journey, which in times is heartbreaking. You've got people who whose reputation in their village had been completely destroyed because they've been the, the postmaster that everybody knew of the community to. Uh, you were stealing the whole time and they weren't. There's a chap in the film who spent his 60th birthday in prison. He, again, at times didn't, didn't know if he was going to make it through. Fortunately, he has done. And all these people who are losing money, they've lost their jobs, they've lost their reputation. And the way that the post office responded to this was to isolate them and to make them feel as though they were the only one. So therefore, they must be guilty. And it wasn't until they got together in a village hall and all these people started sharing all of these common stories and realised, actually, there's probably something more going on here. Now, that's a very short and oversimplified version of the case. 
And now that culpability has been admitted, but it's certainly been found in, in that sense, mm. on an organisational level, if not an individual level, yeah. And, mm. and hopefully they will get the compensation to help with the rest of their lives, and not necessarily what they deserve, and to go forward. Now, the way we could have approached this was to make basically a long ad about the solicitors and what a great service they've done. But that would be, I mean, it's an ad, who cares about that? It wouldn't connect with the audience. We produced something that was much more about those victim voices to tell their stories, along with independent voices of others, great people who covered the story and made sure that these people had a voice and were supported through the media and through the justice system. And produced from this is a compelling 25-minute documentary. And the purpose of this was not a marketing tool. It wasn't a selling tool. It was to give their clients a voice, to build the relationship with the client. Now, off the back of that, you've now got something that you can be used for internal communications, where it's just like, this is really what we're doing and the difference that the work that you put in makes to real people in real life situations. Mm. By making it available online, it can act as a recruitment tool. In this particular case, we know somebody who actually joined their PR department. When we met them, we were filming on another project and said, we said, oh, why did you start working here? Because we've been working in commercial radio. And they said, oh, we watched this film two decades and we just thought, this is an organization. Organization I want to be part of. So either that's true or incredible sycophancy on that person's part. I like to believe it's the former, but but yeah, you start to kind of connect with people's hearts and minds in that sense. Again, it's difficult to, to explain briefly. If anybody's listening, what's that? Just simply it's on YouTube. Just Google two decades postmasters, and you'll find it. But again, it's that kind of the human side of things. And actually, we all work really hard. Or most of us work really hard, and we're not always connected to the customs and seeing what difference our products and services. But if you tell that story in the right way, so I hope we did here, mm. um, you can create something very powerful. Yeah, 100%. And it's really interesting, that example where you gave of, you know, almost like this vampirish caricature of a legal firm that ambulance <laughs> chases, as, you, as yeah. the phrase that you said. I don't think they appreciate the way I described it, but I've done it now. Yeah. No, no. But however, it just goes to show, first of all, the power of stories. But secondly, I think that, you know, the way that I've kind of phrased this question when I sent them over to you, John, was about how do you avoid the kind of greenwash or the purpose wash kind of effect that, you know, that it's so easy to kind of fall into with these sorts of things and as you say it's been really interesting because the easy way the lazy way of doing this could have just been an advert look at how much money we got back for our clients you know in yeah. this kind of scam. but you didn't do that it was about the stories it was about that human connection part which i think is where that kind of impact came from and i know it was a bit of an extreme example of you know the public psyche of a kind of claims based list legal firm chasing after ambulances but i think it is incredibly powerful that that by talking about impact talking about the kind of positive change that you can make to people and people's lives in a sympathetic way and what i'm taking from this john is that the way that you produce this the way that you kind of structured this was around stories around the victims it was around the people. I might be completely wrong, but there was no mention of a solicitor at any stage turning up with a suit or anything like that. No, but- do you know, it's funny, Ewan, because the victims and the clients themselves, they were so positive about their experience from the solicitor that even a strange situation, you know, getting all of this testimonial goal and knowing that none of that is going to make the film. <laughs> because if you do that, yeah. you risk discrediting yeah. the piece yeah. of film. So, I mean, maybe they can use it for something else. Yeah, but, yeah, uh, yeah. It's, all, yeah. it's a rare situation in comedy yeah. marketing where you're like, oh, yeah, don't, come yeah. Just, don't say that. You, never mind, <laughs> never mind big enough for service <laughs> yeah. that you've received. How funny. I mean, there'll be some, I'm sure, some ego somewhere that would love to hear that, but I'll watch that footage somewhere. But you're right, because it comes back to that piece, because I think society and people as a whole, and I'm not sure if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but there seems to be a level of cynicism in the world where 
you know, is this a greenwashing thing? Is this a purpose washing exercise or whatever it might be? And, and, and I suppose the reality is that from a comms perspective, whether you're producing a video for a client or if you're trying to produce something for yourself for your own business, is you need to understand that there is this level of cynicism in the world and you need to know how you navigate around it. Is that the right way of putting it? It's, about, it's understanding how you tell those stories so that you don't fall victim to that cynicism of purpose washing. I think you can only stick to the truth. And again, the, the environment we're talking here is not around here is a list of the good things that this organisation does. I'm sure that's got its place in, in reporting and, and, and tendering and such like. Here it is just the truth. It's individual or a group of individuals and it's their story. And that level of authenticity, hopefully that's where people can tell the difference. Because if you say in terms of an ad, it's so, so easy to just hire an actor and have them say something positive about the experience that they've had or just stock photography with somebody saying a nice quote. I mean, I think we do these things all of the time. But that's what video does. That You can tell the somebody's voice, the whites of their eyes, the, the way that they tremble at the moment, where they're recounting an emotional experience that as humans were pretty good at picking up on that level of authenticity. Mm. So in terms of the mistakes that you've seen folks make when it comes to sharing the success of their impact, because this is, the, I suppose, the sad kind of fable that could come out of this is that you could actually do some incredible impact in the work that you do but if you tell it in the wrong way it becomes like uh, what phrase i come across it's like horn tooting you're tooting your own horn yeah. kind of thing and to a degree i suppose you are in many senses but it's how they do it i mean have there been any examples or any kind of big mistakes that you kind of warn your clients of or that you try and avoid with the work that you do when it comes to sharing the success of impact um, well, I think if you are holding too soon, it's gone too far. And it's about being able to hold your nerve and resist the urge to do that. That said, they say like actions speak louder than words. We've seen that happen with other businesses. I think that probably the Patagonia action recently with, uh, how do you pronounce his name? I forgot his name. But yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, something Just still like being that, the yeah. corrective pronunciation of that. Yeah. I mean, that was a, <laughs> it's a clothing brand, but they've always had this environmental message to it, but effectively just giving the company away to social causes that there to help the environment is a pretty big statement to yeah. make. And there are, so I was, it's interesting because if you look at like the Gates Foundation, and I only found out recently that Rolex, had, I mean, it's such an exclusive brand, it's, which I would have had issues with going, well, we're selling people something that's overpriced and shiny that, frankly, you don't really need these days. You don't need to watch. But actually, what they do with their profits is invested into, into causes. So I think really that you probably can't, you can't come up with a clever marketing campaign that people aren't going to see through if there's no real substance behind it. There's got to be actions that speak louder than words. And if you don't have that social purpose in terms of how the revenue of your company profits are invested, it doesn't mean that you aren't still having that. To me, profit's not a dirty thing. If you are still making that positive difference, the thing to look at is those individual stories, as I said earlier on, and do that by asking your team. It's not just the marketing department. It's not just the business owners. It's the I'll give you an example. We're producing a film at the moment for uh, a group of companies who have interest in retail and construction. They're very place-based in the north of England. And we're making a film about what their company culture is. And what we've unearthed through this documentary is incredible examples actually where they do make a real difference in the community, right down to an individual level or a long-standing customer who, with an example of going on making this guy's Christmas dinner and spending Christmas Day with him to make sure that he's not... And now, they may not be aware of this within the marketing department, within the PR department, in the owner level. It's not until you really involve the full organisation of the team that you find some really great examples. Now, that example, we're not going to make a film about that. That would be beyond it. That would be really kind of self-congratulatory. But those kind of heroes and villains, things that make up the culture of an organisation, it's a appropriate for them to talk about internally interesting just to kind of elaborate on that a little bit more are there 
there any exercises or is there any kind of process that you go through when you're working with clients on how you unearth some of these stories, how you kind of bring out some of these human stories and experiences? Yeah, so my main company is Esky. I also co-own a company called Storyboard. And within Storyboard, we employ journalists. We have a full-time journalist and she will go and find those stories is the short answer. And I, I'm trying not to be flippant about it, but it's just asking questions and showing a genuine interest in people. And um, once you do that, particularly with people who don't normally get asked these kind of questions, they will, they'll tell you and you'll unearth it that way. And the big question that we ask probably too much is why? But why is a great question? Because you may be asked why you do something, you may never have thought about it before, and within that, that's where the truth lies. Brilliant. That's really awesome. So it's just on that kind of practical level then, if I was to, within my organization, just kind of like, you know, sit down and say, look, we want to kind of showcase, you know, some of the stuff that we do, not necessarily for commercial gain or things like this. I just think, you know, it's important and it's important to us. It would be that. It would be asking questions internally. Why? Why do we do this? And, you know, what is it? What's the purpose behind it? And, and I suppose it's just having that dialogue, having that openness, that conversation. Being really honest about the answer as well. It's like, why do you do anything? It's like, oh, I want to help people. Why do you want to help people? That will lead you then to the truth. And and if that truth is, and my truth is, because I like it when people say, thank you, you've done a really good job there, John. And that makes me feel better. And the more I hear that, the more it spares you want to do it. And certainly we've looked at the purpose of us as an organisation. Absolutely. When I find out the campaign that we've done, they'll say this will have saved people's lives. When somebody comes forward and says, this has made a real difference to me, it's connected. I thought this was just me and I don't feel so alone right now. Whatever that topic might be, that feels great. So does being asked to do something because it's like, oh, we hear you guys are really good at this kind of work and we just want to work with you as your specialist. That boosts the ego. And, it's, and obviously there's a commercial driver in and around. These things all feed into each other. You can't pay the bills off positive feedback alone, but the market gives you positive feedback when people trust you with some of the, the sensitive work that we privileged to, to work on. Indeed. And I think that's right. I think we have to be honest with ourselves as business founders, but also kind of like couch that in the reality of the world that we are in, you know, that one of the principles of beautiful business has been that profit fuels our journey of creating impact. I'm preaching to the converted. Yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that is it. You know, there's the sound, solid commercial sense of doing a job well. But at the same time, we can't discount the fact that there's a level of, yeah, it's that, that pride comes through, doesn't it? It's that kind of, you know, knowing that people appreciate the work and the effort and the expertise that you bring to the table. Absolutely. And again, I won't be the first person to talk about this on a podcast, maybe not even this podcast, but this oversimplification of the ikigai, basically. So if anybody doesn't know the Japanese philosophy, but the oversimplification of it I like is when you find the, the thing that you're good at, that I like my Venn diagrams. I'm from a whole John Venn, uh, the inventor of the Venn diagram is a local. But if what you do intersects with what you're good at, what somebody will pay you to do and what you enjoy doing. And this is the bit that often takes a bit longer, but that actually the world needs. So therefore, if you do it, it makes the world a better place. What a great place to be. We can't spend all of our time there, unfortunately. I've tried to set up a small business that spends as much time as there as possible. But absolutely, there needs to be commercial drivers in that to retain good people. They want and deserve pay increases. They need to feel like they're moving forward and spared on to do that extra piece of work. And if you get that feedback, the gratification, and you enjoy it, and you don't dread going to work the next day, what a great place to be. And you're so fortunate if you can find yourself for periods of time in your career to be able to do that. 100%. Could not agree with you more. Preaching to the converted, as you say. Well, yes. I mean, I didn't expect you to say that. That's <laughs> with uh, the nature of the podcast. 
<laughs> Absolutely. And to come back to the point about making a documentary of, of social impact, why would businesses kind of do that? As I say, you know, what have you seen? What are the drivers behind it? And what are the benefits of doing it? I guess recruitment is going to be one of those big things because I think, as you say, you know, are we your tribe or are we not? You know, and kind of putting the line in the sand out there. But yeah, from your experience, you know, what have been the good kind of reasons for doing this kind of storytelling for the documentary of storytelling of social impact? Yeah, absolutely. Recruitment and retention is probably the, I suppose, the hard measure, the benefit of doing something like that. There are softer measures around motivation of people at all levels of the organisation, showing how you're connected with each other, how your work is interrelated, how the leaders of the organisation can see how that culture is filtered through. And then so long as it's considered a secondary goal within that, then there is the opportunity to win business off the back of it. And you've had previous guests on podcasts who've said if you put two providers next to each other that provide an excellent level of service at roughly the same price, but one of them is very in tune to the they're creating within their community, why would you not choose that organisation? So yeah, there is that. But I think really it's about the people and actually particularly around retention. Because you know it's like you, when you um we've got a partner or you've got friends who are in a completely different world of work. And you, at the end of the week, say, how was your week gone? And we try and pick out the interesting bits that are relatable, but we can never quite do it because somebody who works in the police force is never going to fully relate to somebody who's been working a, a night shift in a warehouse, to somebody who's been working in the media industry, to somebody who's self-employed, to somebody who's been working in a large organisation for 20 We have different pressures and cultures, but to be able to actually show somebody something that's, uh, this is what I do and this is the difference that we make. I know that when we put stuff out on social media, and my mum has no idea what we do but if we've shown her a short film and she's like oh i get that you kind of he's speaking in her language she's not going to listen but she's going to try her best to listen to me but if i put it on her tv set for 10 minutes then maybe it'll click yeah it's so true john you're absolutely right and it is that it comes back to that human to human connection the story piece isn't it it's like how we tell our story and what mm. we do and i suppose opening up how relatable the work that we do is through the impact that it creates yeah well it's one of the keys of marketing is if you're trying to communicate with somebody is to try and put them as the hero make sure they're the hero of their own story that's how we live our lives isn't it let's be honest and if you can do that through internal communications so that if you are a member of an organisation, this is what we're about, this is what we stand for, and this is the difference that we make, I can't imagine that there'd be many more efficient ways to boost morale and then hopefully that's a knock-on effect of that retention. Thank you so much, John from Esky, for taking the time to take this interview and sharing your advice and your experiences. Thank you for joining us for this week's Beautiful Business podcast. Beautiful Business is a community for leaders who believe there's a better way to do business. Join us next time for more interesting discussions on how businesses can bring about change, helping communities, building a fairer society and safeguarding the planet. You can also join in the discussion at www.beautifulbusiness.uk.